I'm a passionate region woman because I believe that your geography is not an obstacle to your success. I'm a passionate regional woman because to me, regional WA is real and raw. My work gives me the opportunity to travel all over this incredible state and to meet the most amazing people for which I'm incredibly grateful. It's all those personalities that make up our diverse communities. It's the people that make here a vibrant place to live. I believe regional communities cannot achieve economic prosperity without talented regional women living in rural Australia. It's what makes regional WA the best place to live and love. And that's why I'm a passionate regional woman. Triple R Network podcast series by Generation Ag. We're your hosts, Kayla Evans and Lavinia Ware, who is tuning in from the lovely seaside town of Esperance today. How are you, Vinny? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I've got the day off. It's so good. <laughs> I know. How good. Um, we're recording on Friday afternoon, guys, and <laughs> we're not so energetic as we are on a Thursday, what was it, Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pass <laughs> that coffee. One. Yeah, yeah pa- past the coffee. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. We're into, you know, mid-September now. Things are happening. We have a lot of events coming up. Um, it's really nice that networking has started back up and we get to meet and chat and see people again. It's mm. been We've been out and about, haven't we, in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, we were at, um, I ran a ag careers event last week on a bit of a whim actually two weeks from uh, go date to running the event and magically we had a hundred or so people turn up which was just crazy which just to me just goes to show um yeah how, just how much people are looking forward to meeting catching up with the caveat of course that if you are listening in victoria we there is no way we can understand how hard this is for everybody over there but um for the rest of us it's it is nice to be socializing again oh absolutely yes it was a very nice so yeah we were at muresk um and we also stopped by york where else have we we were somewhere else before that now i'm back down before that (laughs) that's it and now i'm back in esperance and then back into the wheat belt again in a couple of weeks and then back down here all around it's got a little bit of oh i'm going up to broome in two weeks time as well (laughs) Jealous. <laughs> we're 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 trying to travel around and we're trying to talk to as many different people and we're trying to take every opportunity we can to get out and about. Yeah. And it's a beautiful time of year as well. I'm literally sitting in my office right now and I'm looking out the window and my neighbours have got a bottle brush tree which is just absolutely going bonkers at the moment. It's so beautiful and I just love this time of year. Spring on the wheat belt, you got the canola, the wildflowers. I love when the crops are starting to turn. It's just coming to that time now. So just looking for the final rains. I hope everyone across West Australia or across the country um, is going to have a good harvest season if you're broadacre cropping. Uh, We're hoping for the best. I think there's going to be a few East Coast farmers doing all right this year, which is really nice to see after a massive drought. Yeah, absolutely. So our our tenure with the Triple R Network is coming pretty close to an end, um, but 
every week we remind you guys why it's important to get involved with the Triple R Network. And so we want to do that again today. And of course, um, the Triple R Network is a place where rural, regional and remote women in Western Australia can belong. They can meet like-minded women, develop ideas, connections and become leaders in their communities and be the voice on the ground uh, for issues impacting women. We just think Triple R Network does so many good things for rural, regional and remote women in WA. And yeah, again, super lucky, grateful, excited to be here 10 episodes in. What even is this? I know I've enjoyed this so much. I have just loved meeting all of these like-minded women because if you listen to our normal episodes recently, I've had a lot of young male energy on my end of the podcast. So it's been nice to chat to some women who are doing some really amazing stuff. Um, And yeah, we'll chat about this week's episode in a minute. But Kayla, can you introduce our Women of the Week segment, please? Absolutely. All right. I'm excited to introduce uh, this week's Woman of the Week, and her name is Jackie Elliott. Uh, Jackie grew up on a family farm in Barfold in central Victoria, and as a fifth generation in her family, Jackie thought it was only natural that she would pursue a career on the land. So she attended agricultural college in central Queensland and graduated with a diploma of agriculture in beef production. Um, But Most people would know her from what she does these days, which is run an Instagram page and project called the Rural Women's Day. And she's so passionate about rural women and regional women, just like the Triple R Network. Um, She just loves sharing stories about rural and regional women. She's been a big supporter of ours. so We thank you. Uh, thank her for that. Um, and then she also is publishing a special edition magazine this year. Last year, she ran her first successful International Rural Women's Day event in her region, which was really amazing. Um, so we just want to give a huge shout out to her for, you know, flying the flag for regional women um, anywhere in Australia. Um, yeah, we just think, yeah, it's a great, great initiative and yeah, pat on the back to her. Yeah, Jackie's great. We've um, both had a few chats with her over social media and I think that's one of the best parts about uh, social media, especially during COVID. You know, there are negatives to social media like anything, but wow, the connections that we have made and the people who support us through this podcast and just, yeah, it's so lovely every time we hear from somebody. Mm. Uh, Yeah, we just really appreciate it. So thanks so much. And Jackie, thanks so much for being a great support of us as well. Yeah, and I, I love her Instagram. If none of you are following her, make sure you do. Um, we'll pop the um, Instagram tag down in our show notes. Um, but make sure you go and give her a follow because she doesn't just post about herself. She posts about all sorts of amazing things. It's like woman of the week but on steroids. So you get to see lots of cool stuff on her Instagram page there. So do make sure you go and give her a follow. Speaking of follows, I want to do a quick shout out. Uh, We are doing a giveaway. So if you're listening to this on Monday when it comes out with Triple R, if you're listening to this post the 23rd of um, September, sorry, you've missed out. But we are doing a 20K giveaway over on the Generation Ag Instagram page. It's our first one. Supporting lots of businesses. Lots of businesses. Some businesses run by rural women as well. Uh, Off the top of my head, I can think of um, Apple Tree Flat, who's run by the beautiful Fee over in New Zealand. But she's also on a livestock uh, export ship right now. Um, Of course, there's some horrific uh, times going on in that area at the moment. So our heart goes out to the live export community at the moment. Of course, that ship is missing along with a couple of Australians. So 
But yeah, our giveaway is open on social media right now and you can apply by giving us a follow and then also following all the contributing brands. It's about a $500 value there and well worth the entry if you do ask me. Yes, it's pretty bloody cool. So yeah, make sure you get into that. So I guess I will introduce this week's guest. So I had the pleasure of chatting with Caroline Robinson and she actually runs WBN, which stands for the Wheatbelt Business Network. They've been around about 10 years now and she also runs a business called 140 Square. So she does a lot of stakeholder engagement, a lot of community engagement, helping Wheatbelt businesses. Uh, She's just got such a depth of knowledge when it comes to rural businesses. And yeah, it was a great chat to just talk about what's been going on, how they've pivoted during COVID to help the 340 businesses they have as part of their network. And I think I think it's really interesting. I think a lot of other areas can take the adaption of what the WBN have done and utilize it in their area. So yeah, it was really, really a pleasure to chat with Caroline yesterday. We had a good chat. So yeah, hopefully everyone enjoys it. Yeah, nice quick turnaround for you. Before we jump into the episode though, I do think it's important we let everyone know that tickets for our International Rural Women's Day event with Big Ideas Rural went live this week or last week if you're listening. Um, yeah, those tickets are available now. And I think how many VIP tickets have we sold now, Vin? Oh, um, I think almost half of them, half the boxes are gone at this point in time. So I think there's about 20, 25 left at this point when this is going live. So yeah, if you want a VIP ticket, get in today. Yeah. So jump over onto any of our social media or Big Ideas Rural social media and all of the links are there to websites. Yeah. So yeah, uh, without further ado... Let's jump in. Caroline is an advocate for rural communities and businesses, leaders and organisations within them. She is solutions focused, a creative, strategic and broad thinker, bringing networks, services and information that will benefit rural communities to help them grow. Based on her family farm in the Eastern Wheatbelt, Caroline founded the Wheatbelt Business Network, which has since grown into a regional business association with impact. Caroline is experienced in assisting non-for-profit organisations to be sustainable, leverage partnerships and be strategic in their service approach. Caroline has skills in group facilitation and also has an Australian Institute of Company Directors qualification. She has also held board positions on state government and currently includes the secretary slash treasurer of the Regional Chamber of Commerce and Industry WA, as well as Bendigo Bank Bruce Rock. Caroline was AgriFutures National and Western Australian Rural Women of the Year in 2011 and is a passionate advocate for rural Australia. Welcome to the show, Caroline. It was an absolute pleasure for this, to do this interview. So let's get into your podcast because I'm pretty excited. I think you've got a lot of wisdom to share. I don't know about that, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, your uh, life involvement in rural and agricultural businesses as well, I guess? So my name's Caroline Robinson. I am the CEO of the Wheatbelt Business Network uh, and... 
I live on a farming property 80 k's east of Narrabeen, uh, where we farm wheat and sheep. And my day job is running the Wheat Belt Business Network and looking after two young rugrats uh, who are in kindy and year one. And yeah, I was a Perth girl, uh, went to Southern Cross uh, for some work and met my husband on the first night in Southern Cross. I love that. Uh, I think I think I was fresh blood. So I was snapped up on the very first night and that was the end. <laughs> I think it seems to be a little bit like that, doesn't it? It is very, very true uh, for a lot of women that come into the regions. Yeah. 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 We've heard a few stories like that. I guess what was it that drew you to the country and you've obviously started an amazing network called the Wheatbelt Business Network. What is it that has been something that you're so passionate about building this community and this network? Well, I really enjoy working in the country. Uh, I think country people are very unique and I, I really enjoy working with them and solving uh, common problems. Uh, and uh, yeah, we started the Wheat Belt Business Network because there were a lot of businesses across the Wheat Belt region, which is 43 local governments and about the size of Tasmania. Uh, but there was a lot of businesses that were working in isolation and didn't have support around them. So that is the whole crux of the Wheat Belt Business Network is we provide support to business in the Wheat Belt. Yeah. And when did this all come about? What was it, the thinking behind it, when you decided to create WBN is what it stands for as its abbreviation? When did this moment start for you that you thought, yeah, I'm going to put this idea and make it something? Uh, so when I was newly married and uh, moved permanently out to uh, the farm, I had started my own consulting business and I found it difficult to engage with other businesses. So I thought there needs to be some sort of network that connects us all up, like-minded business owners uh, that want to learn, that want to share their knowledge with each other, that want to have greater impact through collabor collaboration. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was basically sit sitting at my desk and looking out onto the paddock and thinking, yeah, I can't run a business just by myself. I need people around me to help. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, I just, yeah, I shared my idea with, with a couple of different people uh, that I knew both um, in the business space and that were leaders within the community and then we started it over in Meriden, which is the regional centre, uh, just because I had a lot of connections there at the time. And, yeah, it just slowly grew, grew from there. Yeah, and I guess you've also started running uh, 150 Squared, and this has obviously evolved from your original business. Can you tell me a little bit about this and how it has evolved over the last, I guess it's almost 10 years? Yeah, so 150 Square is a is is our consulting business that uh, I run with another really amazing rural woman in Amanda Walker, and so she's based over in Uricoin, and uh, so there's probably five hours between us, but uh, we make it work. So uh, and she does uh, 
she provides support to businesses. Uh, she's very entrepreneurial and she gets in their business and helps them with their strategy. And my role in the business is to help not-for-profits and uh, boards with their governance uh, and their business model. So we, we work together really well and that business has grown over a number of years and runs alongside the Wheatbelt Business Network uh, and Amanda is also chair of the Wheatbelt Business Network. So that helps. Um, and, yeah, both those entities talk to each other uh, to, yeah, to solve problems basically in in uh, country WA. That's what yeah. we're that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And with that, what are some of the most interesting projects you've worked on within that business? Um, well, I've worked. I'm currently working with the uh, Darren Machinery Field Days, and yeah, that is an amazing organisation. And the number of volunteers in that is just, uh, and the hours that they put in is immense. And they have put Darren and the wheat belt on on the map. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm just working with them just uh, on their governance and uh, going forward because this year they they didn't put on their their um their big field days. So yeah, just working forwards um, for the next the next year. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, at the moment, I'm working with a couple of tourism groups, um, a couple of school boards, um, you know, independent and Catholic school boards, and just helping them uh, with their direction. Uh, so, yeah, it's very, very varied. And, uh, yeah, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it definitely seems diverse. So I think it's interesting you would come across all walks of life within the regional area, that's for sure. Yeah, yep. And they've all got their own little stories too. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I really, really enjoy, getting to know them personally. Uh, and they also help me too. I always, you know, if I've got a problem in another organisation I'm working with, sometimes I phone them back up and I say, what did you do? And then I bring that knowledge back to the, to the, to the group that I'm working with. So it's like a great big uh, network of people across the regions. Yeah, absolutely. You were also the WA 2011 Rural Women's Award winner. What was that like? Uh, very surreal. <laughs> I was very young. <laughs> that's what is, How many years ago is that? That's, that's nearly 10. Years 10. Ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a very exciting time. I made uh, some fantastic connections. I learnt a lot about myself um, and, uh, yeah, I had some really good women around me that mentored me over that period of time and I just extended my networks across to the other side of the country in the eastern states, which was fantastic. And, yeah, I'd encourage any uh, female in the, in the bush that, that has an idea or wants something to progress to consider applying for that award because it really did for me personally it catapulted me and accelerated my career you know instead of it taking five years it took a year mm. and um yeah it was very exciting it was good 
Yeah, I think being a part of it, you realize how small the industry is on a nation level and how quickly or even, I mean, easily you can make a connection with someone that can change the direction or like you say, grow your business a lot quicker. I think it's really impressive that um, you were able to win it so young, but also it's impressive what you've been able to do and how you've been able to cultivate and continue to grow within the space. I think it's it's a really it's really commendable because the Wheatbelt Business Network has just grown and um, also 150 Square as well. Just the evolution of that is so intriguing and yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, it it is a lot of hard work and. Uh, it is a lot of hard work and, and there were some tears in amongst that, you know, when you think you're not going down the right path. But I think if you have a very clear philosophy and a very clear purpose as to why you're doing it, uh, it makes uh, those decisions about whether you should keep going or not a lot easier. Um, I think you have to be very clear with the solution that you're trying to provide uh, and that guides you, guides you during those tough moments. Mm. And I guess even in the last 10 years, there's been a lot of evolution in terms of how we communicate rurally. I mean, obviously, we've got a lot more access to the internet. We've got social media. I guess, you know, you've evolved a lot. What are some of the most interesting things you've seen change since starting the network to where it is now? Uh, The sophistication of business has definitely changed in the last 10 years Uh, and what business owners have to be across in their business now uh, in terms of, um, you know, we used to just think marketing was uh, doing a lot of word of mouth and putting an advert in the newspaper, but now they have to be across multiple social media platforms and, mm-hmm. and how that builds their brand. Um, and, yeah, I think the sophistication of our business owners in, in the Wheatbelt Business Network has grown over those 10 years uh, there's also, I think, uh, I think actually one thing I've noticed during COVID, which has been accelerated, is the importance of local business and how local businesses employ people, uh, put money back into the community. And I think our local country communities have also recognised the important role that local businesses play. Sometimes they're underestimated uh, in economic development in particular. And, uh, yeah, I think... I think the value of business in the bush has really come come through. And mm. that, you know, talking about that whole buy local message and support your local business or think local first for the last 10 years, and it took COVID to change that conversation overnight. Mm. And, yeah, it was just huge. It was very quick. Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID has made the agrural, um, regional sort of business sector really rethink attitudes and how we do business and how we are getting our messages out there and also, yeah, who we're employing. And I guess we're still sort of in a bit of a situation at the moment because there is a lack of um, workers and I don't know if it's the same for your area, but at Esperance, I've never seen more jobs advertised and available on and off farm it's like there's so many opportunities in regional WA and yeah there's and sophistication like you say there are so many people doing amazing things in business so it's great that we get to highlight that through things like the Wheatbelt Business Network. Yeah and and we're trying to we were trying to do that over that COVID period highlight 
the businesses that were doing um, really innovative things and that had to adapt quickly um, mm. and that hot, hot word is pivot and there was a lot of businesses that had to pivot during that period and I think they should be celebrated because they have survived. Absolutely. I think that that's the thing. P- businesses that pivoted um, were able to be dynamic and change the way they did things to be thriving or be better at business is exciting to watch because it means that, you know, we're keeping up with what is happening in the city and people are doing great things that are up with today's technology and sort of advancements. I think um, you and I obviously mutually know Tori from um, Big Ideas Rural and she has mentioned a lot of interesting wheat belt businesses that have pivoted. I think it's really amazing that you guys are encouraging that because I think overall there are a lot of businesses that still can learn and thrive during this time from what other businesses are doing. Yeah. We love Tori. Tori started with the WBN and, uh, that was just uh, a fantastic arrangement. Um, and when she used to work for us, we, we always had the agreement that she could grow her business on the side. And that's what that's what we like to see. Um, and if we could hold on to that person for a little bit of time and then Tori, Tori's business just went um, through the roof. And, and she has also had to pivot, like you say, like many, like many regional businesses have. And I think we, I think, I think one thing we underestimate in the regions is that um, business owners out here have to be uh, very solutions focused and they have to adapt very quickly because a lot of them are also dealing with um, global global markets. Uh, and there's, there's a misconception that when you are a business owner in, the, in, in country WA or even country um, Australia that you know, uh, you're not as savvy or sophisticated as a business in the metro area mm-hmm. or that you're taking a step backwards. And I think, um, I think that's, a, that's a conversation we have to change uh, and that's on my agenda and has been on my agenda for a long time that, yeah, when you do uh, run a business out in the regions or uh, you are working in the regions, it's, it should actually be a step up and it's not a step backwards. Yeah, uh, and there's just agree. so many fantastic things and we've just got to tell that story better. Absolutely. I mean, we do have this conversation a lot on Generation Ag, highlighting all these amazing businesswomen and businessmen and farmers. Like farmers alone are some of the most intelligent people you'll meet these days. Like the technology that that industry alone and then these businesses, rural businesses like yourself and myself running alongside them, we have to be, you know, on the next step up and be understanding what's going on in their businesses to be able to provide the best outcome on our end. So yeah, there's a lot of um, underlying intellect and, um, you know, education and resources behind all these people. But yeah, we, we do need to keep telling our story better for sure. We do. And uh, there's less, you know, there's less and less of us now really in the regions, but we're actually producing more and more and our value is growing more and more um so it gets it gets very difficult to tell that story and to tell that story consistently when when you you are starting to lose that uh connection so yeah it's a it's a it's a real big challenge it's a big challenge for the regions 
Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about what it's like being a part of the Triple R Network and your experience within the Triple R Network? Well, I, I always look at the Triple R Network as just like a big fat family of women <laughs> out in the regions or in the metro because there are women down there that you could always call upon when you need to. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy uh, reading uh, the stories that come out of uh, regional WA and uh, I enjoy uh, using the Triple R to make connections to help uh, other organisations in my region in particular. And also uh, I think the voice that the Triple R Network provides for women in the country uh, shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be underestimated and I think we need to use that more to push uh, important issues that are affecting all of us. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a fantastic network uh, I only see it growing and, um, yeah, it's been valuable for me over the last 10 years, being, being new to the country, being a city girl. Mm. You wouldn't know now. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have the lingo too now, which is really bad. But <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you got the country twang. You can, once you've got it, you can't get rid of it. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I think the Triple R Network, uh, even doing this podcast, it's been so great. Like we we're just talking off air about a potential collaboration later on. Like just little things like doing these sort of, you know, small little things, but they're so powerful because there's so many women across different areas and different industries and different spaces that all have some value to share or they know someone who can help you get to somewhere. Like it's, it's so great. It's such a great community of women and it's such a thrill and pleasure to be meeting people like yourself who are doing all amazing things. And we're all, we all have the same objectives, which is to help our industry grow and to give regional people a voice. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Absolutely spot on. And uh, we need to we need to use the network a lot more, uh, you know, by reaching out to other members. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, that that has a really big value. But also, you know, using the membership base as a platform to voice some of our uh, issues and our concerns and get some of the problems solved in the regions that we are all experiencing. And, you know, like I was talking to Kendall the other day, one of one of the big ones for us at the moment is, um, is labour supply for childcare centres. Mm. And I would say that that is, an, is right across regional WA. Mm. And uh, we should be using the Triple R network to help us uh, push our barrow a little bit and, and see how we can get things changed. Uh, for for country WA, particularly on say a childcare issue and, and mm. labour supply, yeah, yeah it's a great absolutely. Uh, and, and the department, well, state government when they started it because yeah, they saw what the what the potential was and what the vision should be, and they they're working hard to achieve it. Yeah, absolutely. So we've obviously touched on COVID a little bit. And it's obviously had an impact as a whole because uh, if there's anyone listening who's outside of Western Australia, we were put into sort of regions that we couldn't travel outside of. So we were kind of all shut off from everyone. How did COVID affect uh, the BWN and networking and events? What sort of pivoting did you guys do within the network? 
we had to think really quickly on our feet. Uh, our role during COVID was about supporting our members and keeping them informed with the most current information on any of the government stimulus packages, on any of the uh, restrictions that were in place. So uh, it, was, it was a very, very busy period of about eight weeks where we were fielding, you know, I think over, I think over the period of six weeks, uh, we fielded just over 100 phone calls from different businesses looking for our support that wow. weren't members of us had members, so we've got a membership base of just over 360 and they were contacting us at various points of the day, uh, you know, seeking our assistance and our advice. So we were really under the pump because it's just myself. I've got, a, I've got Rachel Thomas uh, and Lisa O'Neill and between the three of us, we were trying to, trying to help our members and businesses in general a lot during that period. Uh, COVID for us was a good chance to reflect on our business model and our services to our members. And we have to, we as, as a membership-based organisation, we had to adapt and reflect the changes that, that our own members were going through and adapt our services to what they needed because what they need now is slightly different to what they needed before COVID. So um, yeah, we we ourselves had to adapt. Uh, we had our board was really good. They provided us with some good insight and some good direction. And yeah, it was just up to us to to do that. And uh, we've been very fortunate that our members have have stuck with us. Uh, some of our members have had a fantastic period during COVID, and some others haven't. And yeah, we have to be responsive to both those those needs um, and those different situations. But in, in general, we were the, the region in general, I think, has been pretty lucky over COVID. Mm. Um, yeah, we haven't seen too big of an impact, I'd say. Yeah, I think we're definitely lucky that we all got to get out of lockdown when we did and that we aren't dealing with some of the issues that Victoria and the East Coast are dealing with because I think that that would be a lot harder for us to come back from. Yeah, I, uh, regional WA plays a huge part in West Australia's economy mm-hmm. and we were very lucky that regional WA could continue to operate even with the inter, inter-regional borders. But generally it was business as usual uh, and, you know, the big industries of, of agriculture and mining could continue uh, and yeah, poor old tourism. The tourism operators have had a very tourism and events have had a very hard hard period. Uh, but yeah, we were very lucky that we could keep keep pushing on, and I, I think that's reflected in the recent um, analysis of our, our state's economy. I think we were the only state that actually had a had a um, had growth. Yeah, we're the only that, state that, not in recession. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's a big part of that is regional WA, huge oh, part of it. hundred percent. I think um, if all goes well um, after this harvest, I think we will see a lot of cash being injected back into the state from farmers and a lot of people will realise how important in the city farmers are. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And we have to tell that story. We've really got to tell that story. That's not, uh, it's not, you know, when you look at the regions and, and they, you know, and government thinks, oh, well, should we invest out there, you know, and, or should we not? They often make a decision on population base and it should, it should not be on that discussion. It should be on what the value generated is mm-hmm. that, that is made from those areas as to why, you know, when they, they are making a decision to invest or not. Um, because, yeah, regional WA uh, plays a significant role in, in our state and nation's economy. But I just don't think we, we, we are cutting through with that message. It's difficult. Yeah, it's a very difficult one. So for somebody listening and wanting to start their own business in a regional area, what is your best piece of advice for them? Uh, I think, I think it, regional WA is a great place to start a business because uh, you can often make mistakes and people are very forgiving in that first period of time. But I think any business has to be very clear on what, solution they are providing to the customer Mm. no matter which industry it is in if you're very clear about what the solution is and uh and you have a have a good understanding of your finances really good understanding of your finances and you know things like how many things how many widgets you need to sell or how many hours of the day you need to work uh, what resources you need you really need to have a strong understanding of finances and uh, and a clear understanding of what the solution is, then I think um, I think your business is taking a step in the right direction to succeeding. I like that one about the finances. I think sometimes we get a bit carried away, and I know a lot of um, sole trades forget things like tax, which is so extremely important and unless you've run a business before I mean um, I think I feel very blessed because I've my dad has been telling me what how to businesses run since I was nine years old so um, you know I've always been so aware of all these things yeah traditional farmer I tell you I've I've always had it in my ear Um, but you see so many things now and I think this has been huge for a long time is that there are so many things in school and even in university that we don't get told about starting a business and then we start and we don't realize we need you know these bank accounts we might need a trust we might need a certain type of accountant and all of these things so yeah doing your research on the financial side gosh it's so so important and having the right people around you on that end as well yeah I totally agree and I think uh, that's what you know, that's what the Wheatbelt Business Network is trying to achieve is when, when we do have those new businesses starting, we are trying to push very hard on them, understanding their financials, understanding, being very clear on their purpose, uh, understanding all their obligations, setting it up from the start, and then building that group of businesses around them that can guide them and support them. Uh, and that's that's what we're trying to achieve at the WBN is, is like a big, big family of businesses in the region that support each other um, and answer questions and share information. Uh, yeah, because it can be very lonely being a business owner and uh, very challenging. But, mm. yeah, if you've got the right support network around you, uh, it makes a big difference. Absolutely. So what's planned for WBN and 150 Square moving into 2021? Uh, for the Wheatbelt Business Network, it's about uh, – 
doing what we do better. So yeah. our growth is not growth is not always about getting bigger in numbers and getting more money in and more customers. It's a, for, for us, it, it, our focus is, is um, supporting our members better and operating our business better at, at, every, at every point. And then for 150 square, well, if I can ever get Amanda Walker to sit down for five minutes with me, uh, we'll do a bit more planning for next year. But uh, our goal is uh, to use the knowledge that we've uh, gained from the wheat belt and also, um, yeah, yeah, basically gained from the wheat belt to help other regions in, in WA. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be plodding on down that path. But, uh, yeah, I've got to get Walker in the same room a little bit. So <laughs> that's a challenge. But Especially we'll this time of year. We're moving into October soon. So... You've got to say, yeah. if you want a farmer to do anything, now they're checking out from now until December pretty much. Pretty much, yep, <laughs> my husband included, and that is that is the way that it's run. And, uh, yeah, you just adjust, don't you? You just yeah. adjust. And, and it's something special, though, this time of year. I think we all get, broadacre farmers get pretty excited. I think there's, you know, harvest is a pretty, pretty good time to be around um, the farm, that's for sure. Yeah, it is, and... Um, it's just nice, uh, well, you know, where we are, it's not very green uh, for that long, but uh, the change of seasons out here this year in particular has happened very, very quickly. So, yeah, unfortunately, it'll probably be an early start and an early finish, but, um, yeah, I, I love it out here. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't change a thing. And, uh, yeah, the people around me have made me who I am. And, uh, yeah, it's a, just great, great living in the regions. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's nothing I love more than every time I, I'm either going out to, you know, Wheat Belt or coming home. Like there's nothing like driving out of the city. It's just, yeah, it's it's pretty special. Yeah. Can you tell me... I got me, upset one year. Oh, sorry, you go. I was just, just going to say I got upset one year because um, they actually improved our mobile coverage <laughs> out at the farm and so people could actually find me and I really didn't like that for a time I quite like just driving home and no one can find me no one can contact me that's good oh you're blessed I, I've I've upgraded our um farm internet and we've got a booster now so you, you can't not contact me anymore but I mean we're in the space we're in now you kind of can't not be contactable anymore that's right that's right. So I'd love to know where people can find you and get in touch if they've got questions or want to be part of the WBN. Where can they get in contact? Yeah, so you can find the Wheatbelt Business Network online. We've just got a website, wheatbeltbusinessnetwork.com.au. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, just Caroline Robinson. 150 Square's got a website, but I'm sure if you just Google WBN, we will pop up. And uh, we are here to help um, any business or any any group that needs assistance. Uh, happy to help. Uh, we do travel. We travel extensively, um, and no doubt we'll be coming through your area at some point in time. So, yeah, just reach out to us. Happy to help. Awesome. Thank you so much, Caroline. That was such a great chat, and so good to just check in and see what you guys are up to leading into 2021. Thank you very much for having me.
Thank you for listening to the Triple R Network podcast by Generation Ag. Stay tuned for another episode in this series in a fortnight's time. Music